This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Welcome everybody to Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you, thank you. I got these little special effects buttons. I got to use them every once in a while just because they're there. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude, or you can call me Anthony. We're probably close friends by now. This is the Saturday Night Big Show, people, and tonight's special guest is Dana Bullen from Lynn, Massachusetts. He and I get to talk a lot about his bartending. We really go off track quite a few times about music and uh, other stuff like that, but it flows so well with the show, and it was so comfortable to talk about. I left most of it in. I hope you guys enjoy it. We talk about uh, bartending experiences, management experiences, and then he tells me about uh, how he was the road manager for a band called Piebald. So we're going to be listening to a song from them a little bit later on in the show. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, Laura Hope and the Arctones, will you please help me get started? Hey, bartender, pass me a drink. Perfect, perfect. Well, is that what you had in mind? Hey, I uh, I was flexible for anything, so... <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Well, anyway, uh, Dana, wel- uh, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, you know, this just the show that I encourage everybody when... You know, I get on uh, servers, bartenders, anybody that's worked in the service industry, really. Come on my show. Well, we It's kind of like... You've been a bartender before. Uh, I, I listened to one of your podcasts, and you, uh, there was a period of time where you were a bartender. And you've sat... I you, am now. Or you're still a bartender. That's right. Yeah, I, I just bartended today. Are we recording, by the way? Are yes, we, we are. Right I don't oh, really I, do... Yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of took a note from Chris Hardwick to just kind of coast right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Hardwick's the man. All right, yeah. go on. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like after shift, uh, well, you know, some like late at night shift, you all, all you, your friends go to Denny's or waffle house or something like that. Sit BS about your day, uh, talk shit about customers, you know, you know, all that stuff and, you know, uh, and share, share some stories that you feel are important, uh, to the service industry and all that sort of thing. So if you're comfortable with that, let's get started. Sure, man. I'm having my shifty right now. Hey, all right. Actually. <laughs> I'm a, I, I like to I like to go one and one, so I'm doing a little, little fire whiskey and a beer here. Was that, as long as you don't mind. Was that Fireball? Or yeah, it was yeah. Fireball. Yeah, I mean, I prefer I prefer like a Jameson or whatever. But that's a I had a couple leftover Fireball. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if uh, where are you from? I I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, but I live in Texas right now. You're in Texas, okay? Yeah. Well, around here, I'm probably there as well. You can get like a ten pack. 10 pack of fireball nips. We call them nips here in Boston. Yeah. Uh, whatever the, the little, you know, the little shots for like, whatever, they're a buck a piece. You mm-hmm. get a, like a sleeve. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I had a couple yeah, in my I, freezer. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't have time to go to the store, but anyway. Yeah, so yeah, that, you know, fireballs, uh, fireballs cool. Uh, first time I ever heard about fireball was from a girl who said it's very dangerous. She can't, uh, she uh, she always intends not to drink it, but then her friend breaks a bottle out, and then trouble ensues. So that sounds like a her problem. Yeah, that's you know a her. I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that. Maybe she just can't control herself. Uh, for me, I don't know. Uh, this stuff has like way too much sugar for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh. like I could drink, you know, uh, like five shots of Jameson, 
and be fine the next day. But if I have like a couple of these, I get like a super, like, I think it's the sugar. Well, it's a cinnamon flavored schnapps or not schnapps, cinnamon fa- uh, flavored whiskey. So, yeah. uh, yeah, you've got, uh, the effects sugar. of whiskey and plus the sugars and all that stuff. So it's like a, it's like a Dr. McGillicuddy's, you know what I mean? If you drink too many, it's the same. I think it's the same exact thing, just different flavored. What, sure. But anyway, sure. I but digress. People must like it out there. See, me personally, uh, uh, I got to stay away from the hard liquors, and I don't do the soft liquors that that well. So, uh, because I'm a lightweight, it's uh, it's not. Wait, wait, wait. What's a soft liquor? You mean like a cordial? Like a, like a beer, you know, or beer uh, or wine. Oh, so you, okay, so do do you drink it all or not? Not really. It's an occasion, very occasional thing. Uh, it's not because I think it's bad for you. It's not because. Any other reason other than I'm bad at it, and you know, because uh, my family heritage, my mother's uh, Vietnamese, and when I get alcohol in my system, majority of the time my face turns red as a stop sign, and uh, yeah, there were a couple times where I was hanging out with uh, old high school friends that were going through pre med and stuff like that, and they thought I was going to, through anaphylaxis, and I'm just like, no, leave me alone, I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, well, yeah, I can relate on the on the the red face. You know, my mom, my mom's a a ginger, straight up redhead. So I definitely have her skin in like yeah, I I can relate to that. But I'm a little too good at it. Ah, uh, like a, well, she's a ginger. So do you have Irish or Irish heritage in your uh, lineage? Irish, Scottish, United Kingdom. Yeah, well, that, you know, <laughs> it's an island essentially. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, man. So well, you're thanks again for having me. This is cool, brother. Yeah, it's uh, great to finally have you on the show. Um, I like that. Uh, I like that Who poster behind you. Oh yeah, Red. one of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm a uh, big Who fan. The Beatles. Uh, me too. Yeah, Beatles is the best. Yeah, There's nobody better. Yeah, number one. Not even close. I've seen. Um, I've seen the Who. Well, half the Who. Right. It was. It was Daltrey and Townsend, and then they had Ringo's son behind them mm-hmm. on the kit. I, I don't even know who was playing bass, but this was maybe 2009. I saw him in Boston and I've seen uh, Sir Paul McCartney three times at Fenway park. So uh, I saw the who in 2008. Uh, well, just Roger and Peter wait, uh, or Pete. Wait, I, I think it was, it might've been the same tour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zach Starkey was on the drums and Pino Pal- Palomino was playing bass. And, uh, but uh, just, you know, sidetrack for my listeners here. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, I thought, no, no, this is awesome. Uh, because I love talking about music as much as I love talking about bartending. Um, uh, the great part of that show, I mean, other, you know, they were, they play their song stage raps to play their song stage rap. And when they played my generation towards the end of the show and my generation, everybody knows who knows the, who has that bass solo in it. And, uh, the final section of that bass solo Pino screwed up and he just, he just played five, uh, three or four notes and then just stopped. And then the rest of the band kept playing and Roger was laughing at him. He, he looked a little embarrassed, but uh, it's things like that that happen on a con in a concert that makes it fun, makes it unique that it's your experience, you know? Hell yeah, dude. 
I also I've seen Ringo Starr at his All Star Band before, so I, I've seen half the Beatles, kind of, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? He he had like Edgar Winter, and I don't know. He just gets these insane musicians. But yeah, the Ringo Starr All Star Band. Yeah. You, you listen. I'm gonna tell you right now, Anthony. You gotta keep me on track. You know. Oh you no. Gotta keep me on track. Uh, no, yeah. people get what they like. People will get what they get on my show. <laughs> and uh, it's also kind of cool for me to be on this side of the the interview seat. Yeah, or table, if you will. I haven't, so. uh, I haven't done that yet, but uh, uh, it's got to be different. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll but have to get you on my podcast sometime. Hell yeah. Um, um. By the way, I'm digging the Bud Light guitar. Where Where'd you pick up? Oh, thanks. Pick that up. Yeah. So, honestly, I don't even play guitar. I play drums, like shitty drums at best. <laughs> but um, my uncle is a really good guitarist, and he wanted. He wanted at some some bar or something, and he's got like eight guitars already. So he was just like, "Hey, uh, I don't even want this thing. Would would you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll just use it as a podcast background kind of thing." You know what I mean? Does it play? Oh, it plays. Yeah. It's not in tune. Oh, and yeah. I mean, I could I could pick it up off the wall and play it. Uh, not well because I don't play guitar, but yeah, it's re- honestly it's just a prop sure. because it looks cool behind me. <laughs> but I, it's funny you ask because as soon as I put it up. I was like, people are going to ask me if I play guitar, and I'm going to have to tell them no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, in one of uh, one of the videos that I made for like Instagram or something like that, my one of my uh, listeners spotted a couple of my guitars in the background, and all of a sudden they're wanting to know what I play, how often I play, what other guitars do I have, and I'm just kind of trying to lean away from it. I mean. Uh, I'm not a great guitar player. I'm a very good amateur. <laughs> right. I mean, that's cool, man. Yeah. As long uh, as you enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, uh, if be- the Beatles would make their songs a little bit simpler, I would. Uh, I'd be a great guitar player. <laughs> yeah, well, life is hard, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do, I do play. A, I play the cowbell professionally. Oh right, yeah, I saw that on your Instagram page. <laughs> you can talk about that later if you want, or sure. we can just talk about bartending. It's your show, brother. Yeah, we'll brother. just see. We'll just see where it goes. But the official start of every Hey Bartender podcast, uh, uh, when I have bartenders on, is uh, have a bartender give the drink special of the day. Now, is there a drink that you invented yourself, or uh, something that you even something that you just enjoy pouring? Yeah, man, that's a good question. First of all, let me just say that I find that there is a difference between a bartender and a mixologist. I am not a mixologist. No, neither am I. <laughs> I'm a bartender, which means I stand behind the bar, I work really hard, and I sling drinks. Mm. So uh, I don't have a drink that is special of mine. If somebody asks me, hey, what's your favorite drink? I say beer. And they say, well, what about like something else? And I say like Jameson. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um. What I will say is we have a couple of pretty killer drinks at the bar that I work at. Um, one of them we call the spa water martini. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. So you take a couple slices of cucumber, muddle them up, right? Um, throw in some ice, throw in, uh, you know, it's it's kettle one cucumber mint. It's like a green-ish oh, bottle. Okay. So you throw some of that in there, little triple sec, little lime juice. And that's it, man. Shake it up with some ice, obviously. Put it in there, a little orange garnish. It's a pretty killer, killer martini. So um, that's that's a popular one and one that I enjoy very much myself. 
Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. What was it called again? We call it the spa water martini because you know, like spa water. Like if you go to a spa and get like a massage or whatever, they have like cucumbers like in the in the little jug of water. Yeah. So it's like you know because we muddle the cucumber. So it's spa water martini. It's pretty killer. Does the vodka really come out, or does uh, the cucumber kill the vodka taste? No, it's kind of perfect, man. The, I think the the cucumber comes out just right. You know, um, the thing is, uh, but if well, if you have if you muddle the cucumbers too much and shake it up, like you, and you and when you strain it out, there's like these t- there's way too many tiny little pieces of cucumber in there. So you it's you, you can't you can over muddle it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you over muddle it, um, you, you get. You, you like get like cucumber in your teeth and shit. So, um, but if, as long as you avoid that, you, you're golden, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So there's a, a technique to it, a science to it, if you will. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and you had the podcast listeners, if you uh, try out the, uh, the spa martini, uh, let us know what you think about it. Either contact, uh, Dana Boland. We'll have his information towards the end of the episode or contact me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. All right, so uh, the best place to start when uh, when I'm meeting somebody for the first time is uh, at the beginning, but we're not going to go all the way to infancy. You know, where were you born? Because uh, there's really no point to that. But uh, you're in Boston. <clears throat> yes, sir. Have, have you always been in Boston? I was born and raised in Lynn, which is pr- pretty much Boston. Lynn okay. Mass. Yep, yep. Um, when did you start up in the service industry? All right, service industry... When I was 14 years old, I worked salad bar and dishes at a summer camp mm. for a couple of years. Fast forward, when I was 16, I worked at a place called Kelly's Roast Beef. Kelly's Roast Beef, it's like a quick casual, it's a step up from like McDonald's and shit like that, but almost a similar concept where you walk up to a counter and you order your food and then you go sit down. But, you know, then we would bring the food out to you. But, I mean, these guys, how do I make – I'm going to give you the the quick, quick backstory. So, basically, North Shore of Boston, roast beef, it's like lobster in Maine. You know what I mean? It's like a huge, huge staple. Right. And Kelly's invented this. They, like, started it in 1951. So – at one point, this restaurant held the the record for most Coca-Cola sales or highest Coca-Cola product sales in one week. And they took that Guinness record from Yankee Stadium. Wow. And then Yankee Stadium took that record back like the next week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but like it, you know, just to, to talk about the volume is, is the example that I'm trying to present here. Like busy, busy, just fucking... You know what I mean? In the weeds all day, busy, 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 like roast beef, uh, fried clams, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did that for like eight years, uh, right out of high school, pretty much. Yeah, and, I'm already uh, drooling with that roast beef store because I'm a big fan of roast beef. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's killer. Uh, if You got to come to North Shore, north of Boston to really, really get the full experience for that. And uh, I don't know, dude, from there, like I... I became a manager and eventually while I was doing that, I was like, I don't want to work at Kelly's roast beef forever. So I went to bartending school, me and an, another buddy of mine. Now I understand people are probably already rolling their eyes 
bartending school. I get it, but it's yeah. it's not necessary. It's a fucking joke. Like, right? I get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that being said, I didn't know. I was like 19 years old, dude. I didn't know. I didn't well, know. And when people ask me now, they're like, "Oh, do you have? Do I have to go to bartending school?" I'm like, "No, you don't." But it can't. It can't hurt. No. Right. Absolutely. I went to bartending school also, uh, back in 1998. I think somewhere around there. And, yeah. uh, the, if, I mean, they taught you like a hundred drinks, you odd, the odds of you remembering 10, uh, <laughs> after you left, you know, are are pretty good. Any more than that, you know, good luck yeah, to you. I forgot every single one of them. <laughs> I didn't remember anything, but the reason that, I, um, I signed up was because they, they, um, advertise job placement. Bingo. Right. That's Bingo. the same reason was, I did it. Yeah. And it was like 300 bucks. You know what I mean? You go like, it was like one, like six Saturdays in a row and, and you come out, you come out tip certified as well. So it was like, whatever I did it. I was 19. I didn't know. So as far as the job placement thing, dude, I like, I went to uh, the places they sent me and they were like, do you have any bartending experience? And they were like, I was like, no. And they were like, yeah, we don't want you. And I was like, what the Fuck. Like I, <laughs> I, maybe if I was a hot girl, I would have got hired. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes that's how it goes, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Uh, but like they just didn't they had no interest. So the 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 whole job placement thing didn't work, is what I'm trying to say. And um Oh yeah, I agree. The same thing uh that wrote me into bartending academy is they had job placement assistance. And when I graduated from there, they gave me three names to go check out. And so I wandered over to these restaurants, and the first restaurant I went to, that's out of business now, um, not because of this story. It's just it just happens to be out of business. Uh, right. I walked up to their uh, manager. I sat and I had a talk with them, and they all of a sudden I thought I was doing well on the interview, and all of a sudden he said, "You know what? I think we're looking for somebody with more experience." And I said, "Then yeah. why the hell did you call the bartending academy?" And yeah, dude. That happened to me three different times. Yeah. That's what made me think. I was like, maybe they were just, because listen, I'm not just, I'm not, uh, don't, don't take me the wrong way, but sometimes bars just want like a pretty face and maybe I just didn't have the pretty face. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but like, I, that's the only logic I could come up with. Like you said, I'm like, why the fuck did you tell this bartending school? Like I just drove a half an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, and and I signed up for the school because I was looking for this job placement thing, but that's okay. It's fine. It all worked. It all works out. Um, because I still had I was still a manager at this other restaurant, and um, at a certain point, some sometimes or oftentimes, bro, it's just it's all who you know. Mm. So I knew this guy. So in the city that I'm from, like I said, Lynn, Massachusetts, there was this dude. He owns or he owned four, four different bars in town. And he had this one bar. That's like, uh, if, if you take baseball, right, you have the major leagues and then you have like, you know, the triple a double a single a, mm-hmm. his bars were kind of set up like that. It's kind of, it's actually brilliant. Right. Yeah. So he had his, his triple a or his major league <coughs> bar. And then, um, my buddy worked at like maybe the single a or like the double a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was basically just a bunch of old timers. I mean, it was also in the ghetto. There were crackheads coming in and shit. But as far as drinks go, it was just pouring beers, like $2 PBRs, opening, opening beers, pouring beers, and like 
rum and coke, Jack and Coke, easy. You know, nobody gets margaritas or nothing, nothing other than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing darts, hole in the wall, shithole. But it was, I needed to start somewhere. And my buddy was trying to get up into that major league bar. So all he had to do, his owner told him, like, he was just like, yo, if you find someone to take your shifts at this bar, I'll bring you to the big leagues. So, and and this was a buddy of mine. We were friends before, you know, for a while. So that's how I got in. I don't even think it would have mattered if I went to bartending school. It yeah. wouldn't have, you know, but uh, whatever. That's how I got in. But I kind of made it my own, dude. Like, because once I got my regular schedule, I would just bring people down every Sunday night. Every people knew. And all of a sudden I, I was breaking records as far as sales go, because all I just brought my friends down. I was newly 21. All my friends were newly 21. Mm -hmm. So people were excited to just go to the bars. Um, so that's kind of like a long story short of how I started. <laughs> <laughs> so what made it the big major league bar then? Uh, you mean the like, well, the, the major league bar is the one that he owns, which is, the competitor of the bar that I work at now. Oh, okay. So I, I never actually like, I worked at this bar that I was just talking about for like a year. What I'm saying is like what made the, the major league quote unquote bar was where it's just, it's, it was one of the busiest bars in town, if not the busiest bar in town. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't um, any kind of special uh, you know, drink, uh, drink specials or they do flair bartending uh, or anything like that. No, nothing, nothing crazy. But what I will say is that their food is, is amazing. Mm. It was then it still is, you know, and I'm talking probably 12, 13, uh, maybe 15 years ago. Now their food is incredible based, uh, arguably the best steak tips, like, you know, in, in the area, a lot of people would say that they have the best. And, uh, you know, they have, well, they've had pre-pandemic and stuff, bands and trivia. And it's just, it was just like the most happening bar in the city, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. But this was before the bar that I work at now really started thriving, which is a whole separate story. But mm. um, but uh, the bar that I was working at, again, like I said, it was just beers and gangsters and crackheads. and But I had to start some. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I arrogantly, after I got out of bartending academy, uh, there I had opportunities to work at beer bars, and I'm like, I just spent three hundred dollars uh, on a course how to pour drinks. I don't want to work at just a beer bar, and that's how you felt. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much that's the way I felt. See, I didn't feel that way at all, man. I was just so happy to be behind a bar. I didn't care. Yeah, I like didn't I, care at all. Like I said, I was arrogant. You know, I just, I yeah. just learned all these drinks, and I want to retain that knowledge. And, yeah. but, uh, you know, um, I, my first, uh, bartending job was for banquet bartending and that was majority, well, pretty much all my jobs, not, no, I take that back. But when you're banquet bartender, it's, uh, either beer in a shot or, a, uh, a liquor in a mixer. That's it. Or a lot of wine, a lot of wine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. uh, some of that. Uh, and depending on what kind of, uh, what kind of party you're serving for it, you know, you, you might do the occasional bloody Marys for the Sunday brunch or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I was very arrogant <laughs> about it. And Dude, one time you just, you just reminded me of a story. Go ahead. Yeah. Please go ahead. One time 
I I forgot about this completely. So, uh, <laughs> holy shit. There, uh, I bartended up at this ski resort up in the White Mountains, New Hampshire. And this hotel, you know, the, the hotel that's at the ski resort in the summer and in the fall, they have like functions like weddings and shit like that, right? Mm. It's okay to swear on this, right? I think I've sworn a lot. Yeah, right. yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. I've got it on without... it, uh, iTunes that it's an 18 and over, so. <laughs> all right, all right. So there was this party, and they were just like, hey, um, Dana, we want you to bartend this this function. It's a party. And I thought it was a wedding. And I was like, oh, who's getting married or whatever? And they were like, oh, no, no. It's actually um, this guy owns a banana company. And I was like, what? They were like, he owns like a a big company that owns or produces and, and distributes bananas like, like Chiquita, but not, it wasn't Chiquita. I don't know what it was. It was a big one. It was a big one. dude. (laughs) And I, I had just purchased for Halloween the year before, like a banana suit. dude. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God on my life, man. So I was just like, I looked at like the function manager. I was like, yo, I got a banana suit. (laughs) <laughs> she was like uh, yeah like she could see where i was going i was like should i like wear that and it was two nights in a row she was like i was like should i like wear this she was like you have to yeah it's like i was like you're right you're right <laughs> so for two nights in a row i bartended this this function and and i just wore a banana suit and they did the both nights in a row the whoever came up they like do they each night handed me a couple hundred dollar bills on top of like the regular tips and gratuity and all that. And they were like, they invited me to party with them. They were like, but you to wear the banana. I kind of felt like a whore. Like, <laughs> you can come up, you come upstairs and hang out with us, but keep the banana suit on. I was yeah. like, I, yeah, whatever I came, I, I hung out. I had some drinks with them and it was like the, the most fun, you know, whatever, five, 600 bucks I ever made. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It was great. I I've known uh, one guy that got a banana suit for Halloween one time. All and I think he just looked forward to making a uh, uh, Snapchat video of him going peanut butter jelly time peanut butter. You know, classic. <laughs> well, it's funny. The, when I originally got it, my best friend he got a gorilla suit, uh-huh. and Lynn, Massachusetts, is right next to Salem, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. So, which is the Halloween capital of the world. Of so course. we went. We ran around Salem, and he was a gorilla, and I was a banana, and he was chasing me, and that was the whole reason I did it. But then uh, <laughs> I didn't. I never thought it would actually come in handy, aside from that, you know, Halloween, and it did. Well, well once you find out that you won't offend anybody, yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there, there could have been you. You did the right thing to ask first. You know, hey, I got a banana suit for this banana company. Oh, would it offend yeah. anybody if I wore the banana suit? Yeah, and when they said, "Yeah, it worked out great for you," it sounded like Dude, they they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, but you're right. I did ask. I was like, "Is it okay?" But again, even my manager he was like, "No, you you have to wear it." Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's funny, man. Uh, that's weird. Uh, you mentioned wearing a banana suit. My mind went immediately to the TV show Arrested Development and the Blue Banana Stand. And, uh, if, if you've ever seen that show, I'm sorry. I'm bad at I'm bad at like TV. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I'm a pop culture junkie, and you know. But... If you want to quote The Simpsons, The Chappelle Show, or Seinfeld, I'm with you. Okay. Other than that, I'm like bad or like football. <laughs> I suck at TV. Well, so you're. Uh... 
Uh, but you you live in Boston, and yes, sir. Or did I say that right? Baston, whatever. Anyway, that no. Well, that, hold on. <laughs> we got to correct something real quick. It's not Baston. It's Boston. <laughs> like it's it's if you want to do the the Boston accent right, it's B A W, like Boston, not Boston. Baston. <laughs> Fucking Boston, dude. Okay. Fucking Boston, dude. That's that's okay. a moment that I that I was uh, that's it, that's staying in the show. I don't care. <laughs> that's what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah I was looking for that as it should. But <laughs> uh, but so uh, uh, you guys, I uh, you guys have the Red Sox, and uh, so uh, yeah, we do. Uh, now, do you follow baseball then? Yeah, I'm a baseball football guy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is, you a baseball guy? Because uh, I've never, uh, when I was a bartender, I never retained any kind of sports knowledge. I never, when I was a kid, I never followed any sports unless I was interested in what was happening in the playoffs or if I had a bet going or something like that. And, uh, but the one thing that has, I've always known about is the curse of the Bambino uh, on the Red Sox ever, ever since Babe Ruth was traded over to the Yankees. Which that curse has 19, been lifted. Eighteen, yeah. That curse has been lifted ever since, though. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, I grew up going to Fenway Park, dude, and um, in the Green Monster and all that. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> and uh, I will say, like, you know, before the Red Sox, so I was born in 1985. So I, you know, I went to Fenway Park a good amount before the Red Sox first one in 2004, but prior to. 2004 if you went to a Red Sox game even at Fenway Park because Boston and New York are only like four hours apart Mm -hmm. there would be Yankees fans there chanting 1918 (laughs) and they would just chant it and chant it and that's how um, the Boston just started chanting Yankees suck Yankees (laughs) suck so that uh, that was just that was our response Uh and it just became this whole thing and um, I mean the rest was history but you know once we won in 2004, a lot of that really settled down quite a bit. Yes. And then we won. Well, we, we've also won four times since then, if you include 2004. So sure. I, I mean, the, the Yankees Red Sox rival will always, you know, until humans are extinct, that will be a thing <laughs> <laughs> until baseball is no longer in existence. That will be a thing. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, but, um, once we finally won, I think the Yankees were like, oh, oh, geez, because they got nothing to you – know, <laughs> like, they are so, – I will – listen, as a Boston fan, I will say the Yankees are the greatest sports franchise of all time. I can admit that. I like sports. I appreciate sports. I mm. dig that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I've uh, I've ran into a handful of Boston uh, Red Sox fans that are fans to the bone, and there's nothing in this world that can change their mind. It's like that story I heard recently of Ben Affleck, the hit, a character in a movie that he uh, he was playing. The character was supposed to wear a Yankees cap, and he's like, "No, I can't do it. No, no, I I will never hear the end of it. It's not going to happen." <laughs> and for that, I respect him for that. <laughs> but also, you got to also understand, like when he said that, Ben Affleck was very well established in made. That was recent. Yeah. Yes. That was fairly recent. Yeah. Well, okay. So in the nineties, would he have said like, would he have still, he might've worn that Yankees cap back in the nineties. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean, if uh, one of his but first, I, I, 
from one of his first yeah, movies, like like, a, uh, like Mallrats yeah. or something like that, he would have done it for the paycheck. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not, you know? Yeah. That's maybe the world will never know. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, in your bar, uh, is it a sports bar or is it? Uh... All right. So uh, fast forward. Wait, was this a career timeline? I don't even know. Nah, just we'll just jump okay, around. Go ahead. So fast forward. I've worked other bars since since what I told you about. So the bar that I work at now, actually, so I live on a pond. It's actually pretty. I live on a pond right now, where mm-hmm. I'm talking to you from. Like I go up my back door, boom. There's a dock, and I have a kayak. The bar that I work at is on the same pond, brother. So I kayak to work every day. I oh, just cool. kayak back. I just I just kayaked back home. You know what I mean? Like right before I talked to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty cool. So, and that's that's the reason I started working there, to be a hundred percent honest with you. Cause I had quit this corporate job I had, went to Europe, whatever, for a long time and came back and I was just like, I don't want to go back to the corporate world or management world. So I just went to that bar that's like right there. Mm-hmm. But it happens to be currently the best bar like where I like it's the best bar in the city it's the best because it like I said it's on the same pond so it's got like and again it's really hard to get like water views in the city you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so um and the food is killer the drinks are killer and wait what'd you ask me sorry I digress is it a sports bar that you work at oh no 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 it's all right it's not except for all right over the winter I did kind of make it a football bar on Sundays mm. because we have this patio that is, it's not quite winterized, if that makes sense. Mm. And the actual inside is very small. And and pre-COVID, we could have, you know, 100 people, maybe not 100 people in there, but like whatever, 65, 70 people in there, you know, post-COVID or during COVID, not quite the case. So we semi-winterized the patio we got overhead heaters and put up some plexiglass windows but it wasn't quite getting people in there Mm. and i happen to be working open to close every single sunday so and i happen to be a huge football i'm we were talking about baseball i'm a huge football guy Mm. so i just i just put on every single tv and i just i just got i i made it happen for football you know like i just i just really brought people down there for football so no it's not a sports bar but i kind of made it a sports bar on sundays over the winter out of necessity and because i wanted to watch the games too (laughs) well yeah (laughs) well if i'm like i told you before i'm not a sports guy at all i don't know shit about uh i in fact who's your football team bro i'll give you one guess Uh, i like i said i'm behind the times i'll give you one guess uh Boston, uh, pa- Patriots. Ding, ding, ding. ding okay. Ding. <laughs> okay. I just, I just saved great, uh, save face here. <laughs> Good job. Um, that being said, you're right. That being said, I, you know, I knew the Patriots weren't going to win this year mm. and long story short, Tom Brady, you know, he played for the Patriots. Sure. I assume you know that Yeah. he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year and yeah, I was rooting for him. A lot of Boston fans were like, oh, boo, whatever. Mm. But, like, whatever. I was rooting for him. And that brought a lot of people in because he won the Super Bowl again, if you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I have friends that are Patriots fans, and I know while well, my boss at my day job is a big uh, Buccaneers fan. Uh, you know, because yeah. like if you catch him playing Madden football, he's playing as the Buccaneers on easy, so he can win the Super Bowl, but uh, with a with a flawless record, you know. <laughs> but love it. Um, yeah, I know, I know a little bit, uh, uh, but when people try to start conversations on sports with me, I'm damn near clueless. I mean, the last big uh, uh, sports de- uh, sp- sports game that I watched that I actually remember was when that guy caught that fly ball at the, at the playoffs during the Cubs game that back in, what was it? 2006 or some 2007. Uh, they were playing, uh, Cubs were playing the Marlins and there were, there was a guy, there was uh, a fly ball went into uh, deep left field. And then was that when a fan caught it? Yeah. Bingo. That one. Oh, I, yeah, I watched uh, I watched that game during my bar shift, and I watched the Cubs game go to complete shit after that. Oh, <laughs> that poor bastard, dude. There's a whole fucking documentary about it. Yes, I've heard. I think, I think ESPN. I watched a whole documentary about this. Yeah, that poor bastard. They had to. They had to ask to, to what you're saying is like. I think I forget exactly how it played out, but yeah, the guy went. The outfielder went to go catch the ball, and then a fan just happened to be there with his glove. But the Cubs were at home, and the Cubs hadn't won a World Series since I don't know nineteen something nineteen oh four something yeah. like that something like that. And the fan caught it, and it changed the whole course of the game. Yeah, and I'm surprised the guy didn't get murdered. He might be dead right now. I, I don't I, know. Uh, well, the. The governor of Florida, bastard. yeah, the governor of Florida offered him asylum. Uh, he was getting death threats. I heard he lost his job. Uh, and there's all sorts of rumors surrounding that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was bad. But you know, um, being Chicago and me uh, having stereotypes from movies and stuff like that, all of a sudden he meets up with Jimmy the Fish. You know, we're gonna go sleep with the fishies tonight. You know, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, dude. But yeah. Uh, you know, sorry Chicago for making fun of you like that, but. <laughs> No, well, they've they've won since then, so yeah, it's fine. It's fine now, but but at that time, I don't know. I felt bad for the kid. He was just, I don't know. He just put his hand. Up. I mean, it's one of those opportunities you, that you don't always get, and when you see that opportunity coming, you got to go for it. I mean, that poor bastard. Just to be able to catch a ball from a major league game, come on, you know, how could he resist? That, that dude, there's no way he's not traumatized for life. Oh yeah. That from that situation. I, I felt really, really bad for him. Oh yeah. So did I. he was just an innocent dude. Just, just like he just put his glove out. <laughs> like it was just like, yeah, <laughs> that was bad. That was brutal. Brutal. So when you're, when you're at the bar, your go-to, uh, your go-to conversation is probably sports. Uh, I wouldn't say that if people, if people want to talk to you, but uh, so what would you say is the go-to that people to get to know you? To be honest, um, I guess I don't really have a go-to conversation. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty, I'm a social butterfly for sure. I mean, that's the whole reason I have my podcast, the Two Week Notice podcast. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but to be honest, man, um, I I can talk about anything, uh, or I can just listen to people talk about anything. Go-to conversation. That's an interesting question. I guess if anything, uh. 
what I love the most is is music, dude. Music and I talk about music a lot and I talk about skiing and snowboarding a lot because you know, we live in a winter land mm-hmm. and and I have a condo that's just a couple hours away where I have a ski condo. So I talk about skiing, snowboarding a lot. But yeah, probably music more than anything. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, well, I was the same way, basically. Uh, my, uh, Like I said, uh, at the end of the shift, I'd get together with my friends, which were usually other bartenders from around the same city that we worked in. We'd all meet at Denny's and swap stories and stuff like that. But one of my better friends, uh, when I worked at a different bar from where she worked, uh, they would ask about me and go, that uh, bartender that works over there at the other bar, he's pretty quiet, isn't he? And she's like, talk about the Beatles. He won't shut up. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I've been trying to talk to him about baseball because I see him wearing a Yankees cap when he comes into his shift. And truthfully, the only reason why I wear a Yankees cap because I'm a big Billy Joel fan. And he had that uh, live concert video in Yankee Stadium back in the 80s. So... <laughs> Um, I've seen Billy Joel a couple of times. I saw him at Shea Stadium. It was called The Last Play at Shea. You got to go to that? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, were you there the night Paul that McCartney showed up? No, and I'm so mad about it because originally <laughs> it was only one night. Yeah. One night, and I bought tickets as soon as it went on sale. Mm. Oh, don't remind me, dude. So <laughs> I, went, I went there as soon I, I bought tickets as soon as it went on sale. Yeah, that was 2008. Me and my girlfriend at the time, we went up to Niagara Falls for a few days. And then we shot down to Shea Stadium. It was John Cougar Mellencamp uh, showed up. And I can't even remember. I don't I have the worst memory. Was it but like Steve Tyler is, and Roger Daltrey? The, no, the, when they added the second night, it was Paul McCartney, Steven Tyler, and Roger Daltrey. Oh, and I was God. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was like, "I got John Cougar Mellencamp and uh, Don Henley or something." You know, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. It was fine. It was still great, but I was like, yeah. "Like, I just, I wanted Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Steven Tyler and Roger Daltrey. Whatever." But yeah, I was. I did. I still have the ticket stub somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I and I've also seen him at uh like one of the casinos in Connecticut. Billy Joel's the man, dude. Oh yeah, I've I've been a big fan of his forever. But uh, uh I uh I've only seen him in concert once and that was when he was touring with Elton John. They were basically sharing the stage. Oh the dual yeah, the, yeah, the dual piano that? shows. Nice. Well it was an incredible show. Uh in you know, so cool. I would have rather seen him at Shea Stadium, honestly, but uh, yeah, but uh, it was funny, dude. I was in. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. But I got like, like, last, last, like, last. I can see why the stadium was torn down mm-hmm. because we were in the nosebleed seats, bro. And like that stadium, that stadium was built when people were like really, really small. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, and it was like it was like if I if I would like was just trying to go to the bathroom and I tripped the wrong way, I would have felt down like the, all, all the balconies in like into the, the, like it was, it was, uh, it was sketchy. Mm. And the, the whole thing was just rumbling. Oh, and this is just a Billy Joel show. Never mind like a baseball game when people are going crazy. Like there must've been fights. And maybe this was 
pre cell phone cameras and stuff. There have there has had to have been fights where somebody got like punched in the face and just like flipped over the balcony. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody Maybe not. I don't know. Somebody at the wrong place at the wrong time saying nineteen eighteen. That yeah. The, <laughs> No, wait, wrong stadium, wrong stadium. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yankees suck, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, wrong stadium, Mets, whatever. But, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, No, that was was pretty cool, man. It was really cool. Yeah, Yeah. I, uh, I've got the video of the last, of the last play at Shea, and I'm sure it's excerpts from each show. You know, we got a good angle on Billy here. Let's use that. We got it. Uh, we got good sound off of this song. Let's use that sort of thing. But they only showed oh. Paul McCartney showing up, and uh, uh. I I found on YouTube that they're you know of Roger Daltrey doing My Generation, and uh, I I don't I'm think I'm still mad about this, dude. I'm still <laughs> so mad about this. Yeah, a lot of people were really mad because they they thought it was last play at Shea, but you're playing three shows. Yeah, and... dude, my fucking ticket said last play at Shea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I didn't see Paul McCarty. I didn't see Steven Tyler. I didn't see Roger Daltrey. And it was not the last play at Shea. I want my money back. <laughs> you know, fuck off, dude. Yeah. I got screwed. I, I, I get it. I get it, though. He made like X amount of million dollars extra. I get yeah. it. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> when you make, when you pack this uh, stadium in a matter of minutes and you start to think, well, let's give other people a chance, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, but. You, if you were me, oh, I'd be, saw, I'd be pissed. Yeah, you, you, maybe not pissed. I'm not yeah. mad. Yeah. it's just funny. But I'm like, God. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, I was so bummed out. It's, uh, you know? being a big Billy Joel fan, I remember going to see Billy Joel and Elton John, and they started off the show with two spotlights hitting the stage, and then the two pianos rising up out of the stage. And uh, what uh, venue was this again? Sorry. Rose, the Rose Garden in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, it used to be called the Rose Garden. I don't know. What, I don't think it's called me that anymore. But uh, uh, but I remember when Billy uh, they started playing "Hail to the Chief," and then Billy Joel came out. You know, all waving to the sh- uh, waving to everybody, shaking people's hands, walking from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And I looked like a guy that was you know trying to sit down, but was sitting on something sharp every time he tried. You know, I <laughs> I was so excited. But uh, Elton John, I guess previous to the show, like the week before he uh, tore his ACL or something like that, playing tennis. So when they start playing Hail Britannia, for him to enter the stage, he just came off stage right and straight to the piano, sat down. That's it. Right, right. But them playing their own songs, duetting each other's songs, or playing each other's songs, it was loads of fun. I, I... uh, I was just getting a huge kick out of it. <laughs> That's so rad. See, I've seen Elton John as well, mm-hmm. but just him. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I, I remember those those concerts happening, and for one reason or another, I, I never was able to make them, and um, I always wanted to. That's so cool. You got to see them together because just it's just that's just so rad. It's so legendary, man. That's but- what it's all about, man. There's nothing better than music, man. Uh, so technically, you and I saw the same Who concert or the same, t- same Who tour because I saw him in October of yeah, two thousand eight. I thought I thought it was Ringo Starr's son on the drums. Yes, Richard Starkey, or I mean Zach Starkey. Oh. Uh, Richard okay. Starkey is uh, Ringo's real name, but uh, and Zach Starkey is his son. He plays for the Who. Okay, 
Yeah. And all right. It, wait, you said October 08 and yeah, that all right. Then that had to be. Yeah, that I got the ticket stub somewhere. 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 Yeah, I've got it somewhere here too. <laughs> yeah, I start I started to dig, but I don't I don't have it within reaching distance. But yeah, yes. That was yes, yes. one of those things where I, I worked for a newspaper at the time and I pulled a paper off the press and saw that the Who was playing the following week. I got on eBay, got bought some floor uh, floor tickets. And uh, I went over to my dad and I said, you want to go see the who? And he's like, why don't you ask one of your friends if they want to go first? Because he he thought you won't have as much fun if you take me. And I was like, this is so funny. I don't want to take you. I don't want I don't want to take a friend. I want to take you. And eventually, oh, my God, eventually I told him, well, none of my friends can make it. You're going to have to go with me because otherwise it's money wasted. And and he's uh, my mom's like, go, go, go. And. Uh, he yeah. ended up having the time of his life, and uh, he had never heard the song, the single Eminence Front before. And Oh, it's my favorite Who song. Yeah. He, he'd never heard that song before, and I... I'm cracking a beer. Yeah. Uh, we'll call that an, the AM, ASMR portion of our show. There <laughs> we go. But, uh, but Eminence Front, that's my favorite Who song. Yeah, uh, I... I got stupefied by the lava lamps that they had on the LCD screens behind the who. So I didn't know really, really what was going on and I wasn't that's, stoned. Or that's anything. what they were there for brother. <laughs> but my, as soon as the song <laughs> ended, my dad went, wow. And I'm, what I missed, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, no, but what's so funny about you saying that is because I brought my parents to see the who on that same tour. Yeah. And my parents hate concerts. They hate crowds. They just, they hate all of that bullshit. But the one thing that I, I don't even know where I get my love for music from because I'm obsessed with classic rock. I mean, me too. Like my mom loves the Beatles. My dad loves the Stones. They both love the Who. They both love Led Zeppelin. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Now, so when I, bought these tickets for the who it was me and my girlfriend at the time and i bought two more tickets for my parents and i brought them and they were like ah geez like i don't want to go my dad's like he's like you know i saw bob dylan once in seattle back in you know 1980 (laughs) and it was terrible and i never wanted to go to a concert since then and i'm like what the fuck does that even mean like (laughs) I'm trying to do a nice thing here. I bought tickets. Just fucking come. Just uh-huh. come. I bought the tickets, please. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. I had to drag them there. Mm-hmm. So they come. They left before the encore, but I got them to go. <laughs> but same situation. And then a few years later, now my dad, again, he's obsessed with the Stones. And I've always wanted to see the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones tickets. This was probably eight years ago. I mean, it was like four hundred dollars for yeah. like the cheapest, the for balcony nosebleeds, and it was they were coming around Boston right around Father's Day or what? My dad's birthday. I was just like, "Hey, Dad, I want to take you to see the Stones." Like, you know, like like I'm about to buy two tickets out. Like, I got a thing right now. Do you want to go? He was just like, "No, <laughs> he just didn't want to." I'm like, all right, you saved me eight hundred dollars, but he, he like he just literally didn't want to go. Yeah. I was kind of sad, but I was kind of like relieved. Like, I was like, <laughs> all right, I saved a thousand bucks, you know, between tickets and beers and you know, mm. train tickets and whatever. But but um going back to what you, you kind of had to drag 
your dad there, right? Like, <laughs> no, well, sort of. Once, uh, once I told him that none of my friends wanted to go. Not that I really tried hard to get my friends to go because my heart was set on t- taking him. Uh, right. He was just all right. All right, I'll go. And we had, you know, took the train there, and uh, he was worried. He brought earplugs because he was worried about uh, the noise being too loud. I refused earplugs because I wanted to experience the who. And but he didn't wear the earplugs. He had a great time, and you know, uh, and you know, had some memories of certain songs and stuff like that. And it it was it was a great time for both of us. <laughs> yeah, dude. I will say, man, I have the. I got the tinnitus in both my ears. Mm. Mm. So like when I go to sleep at night or try to go to sleep, I hear ringing in my ears. So I always have to listen to podcasts or TV or music. Like I have to play something to go to. It's from all the concerts I've been to. I kind of wish in a way that I like, I, I wore earplugs, but I I probably still won't. mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, um, I've, uh, I can't, uh, blame it on going to concerts because, uh, well, like all the concerts that I wanted to see in Metallica in particular, uh, every time they came to town, I was either grounded or I was broke and, you know, couldn't, couldn't afford tickets. And so, uh, I always, I've always wanted to see them in concert. One time, actually, uh, I was going to go see him, but the, my girlfriend broke up with me and took her new boyfriend. That was weird. Uh, it's Damn. like I'm destined not to ever see Metallica. That's brutal. <laughs> Jesus, that's fucking brutal, brother. But yikes. Um, uh, but uh, you know, beyond that, uh, I've wanted. Yeah, <laughs> you got to shake that one off. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of concerts out there that I've always wanted to see. But uh, I've been a musician. Uh, well, uh, I've played music for most of my life. When I got to high school, I got the opportunity. My parents bought me a drum kit. And I would have headphones on, have to have the headphones at full blast to play along yeah. with my favorite Metallica, Van Halen, uh, whatever oh, yeah. album I felt like at the time. And yeah. so I should have worse tinnitus than I do. I've taken the headphones off after playing two, three hours, and ears are completely fatigued, hurt, ringing. But uh, I'm actually doing okay, and I do have to have a fan going when I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's good genes. I don't know. Uh, just lucky. <laughs> but, but man, music music's the best thing in the world. You know, um, I recently did a tour with a, a the band. I don't know if you know the band Piebald. Oh no! But we we well we we did a tour. We opened up for Dashboard Confessional. Mm-hmm. If you know them, yeah, I know. I know them. Yeah, man. Whatever. That was like, I guess I'm going off off track here but there is no track stop worrying about just that. <laughs> talking about music man you know like i was I, I had this corporate job i was making six figures man I, I was like this executive and it was so hard to walk away from the money so i just did it for years and years and I, but i was so miserable and eventually i just fucking had the balls to quit i said fuck this i don't need this anymore i just quit dude mm. And I, I went to Europe for like four months and just just open ended trip. I took a boat from New York to Rome, Italy, and I just I just wandered around. I wandered around Europe for four months, dude. Came back, and that's when I started bartending again, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out my life. 
and the band Piebald, I'm wearing the shirt right now, actually, the band Piebald, um, I had been touring with them a little bit, like, here and there, and Dashboard Confessional announced this big tour, like, two months after I came back from Europe, and they were just like, hey, we want you to be tour manager, and before that, I had just been the merch guy Mm -hmm. and cowbell player, you know what I mean? I I was really just their biggest fan, turned cowbell player turned merch guy and then all of a sudden they were like we want you to be tour manager it was literally just a dream come true man yeah and they they um had me tour manage for them with dashboard confessional and that led right up to like probably march 1st or so 2020 right before everything shut down Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah Um, i mean like so like right before the corona hit right Oh, luckily the tour ended and you didn't have to have an abrupt stop. And yeah, sorry to tell you my life story. No, no, that's what this oh, podcast we're about is music for. And shit. <laughs> we're going to take a brief break from uh, this interview with Dana Boland. And I'm going to sit here and remind you guys to go over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and check out some of the merchandise I got there. I've got t-shirts. I've got uh, poker chips that are I'm trying to sell as challenge coins, but uh, they're poker chips because I couldn't aff- afford the actual metal coins. But you guys will love them. One side says I'm buying. The other side says you're buying. They're awesome. Also, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd be happy to uh, read a story for uh, from you on the air. I'd be happy just to receive some kind of input from you guys. It would be just really cool. And remember to follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Both of those handles are Hey Bartender Podcast. You can even ch- uh, check up on when the new uh, podcast is about to air, or you can just see what kind of goofy meme I come up with that day. It You know, it's a crapshoot. Remember to share, like, follow, and leave me a rating on iTunes. Just go over to Hey Bartender Podcast, leave me a five-star rating. That would be totally cool. And remember to leave a, uh, leave a comment and uh, let me know what you think of the show. That would be uh, just really awesome for me. You know, funny thing, since uh, when Dana and I were talking, he was talking about uh, the band Piebald, and I just all of a sudden decided to ask him, hey, I've never heard of them. Uh, maybe some of my listeners haven't heard of them either. You mind if I use one of their songs? So he uh, hooked me up. From their album, We Are the Only Friends We Have, this is Piebald with their song American Hearts.
Off of their album, We Are the Only Friends We Have, that was Piebald with their single, American Hearts. If you want to find out more about Piebald, you can visit their website, www.piebald.com. You can also find their entire music catalog on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. And remember, you can follow them on their social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I'm sure they got a lot of information going on right now since everything is opening back up and we are allowed to go out. We are allowed to party again. We are allowed, you know, even, everybody's got to be getting set up for their next tour coming up because we've been doing nothing for a long time. So go check out Piebald on iTunes or Spotify. All right, let's get back to the last half of the interview with Dana Boland. Let's get, uh, but let's get a couple more bartending stories in before we get into. Sure, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, go uh, for it, go for it. But um, you said you went corporate for a few, uh, for a few years, was it? Yes, sir. And um, when you left bartending to go corporate, I uh, I actually uh, lost my job bartending, and my friends, I was in my late twenties, and my friends were like, "Get a job with." benefits get uh and uh you know get some get yourself some medical insurance of course when i was in my 20s i thought i was bulletproof i don't need medical insurance but i had a difficult transition uh from getting taking home money every night and all of a sudden only having money every other week was there a difficult transition for you in there from working from having doing- having tips in your pocket every night to well, never I, I mean, listen, listen, I was doing both, bro. So I was oh. working at that place, Kelly's Rose Beef, and I was bartending on the side. And then I started working at, you probably know Fuddruckers. Of course. Yeah. You're, you said you're in Texas, right? Yeah. I know. Fuddruckers is pretty big in Texas. Yeah. yeah. I know where one's at. <laughs> so I, I was a GM for Fuddruckers in Texas for a couple of years. Well, no, I'm sorry. Not in Texas, but for Fuddruckers <laughs> in Massachusetts for a couple of years. And then I I went to Panera Bread, Mm -hmm. and I was the director of baking, so I was overseeing uh, 64 locations Wow! uh, for for Panera Bread in New England, and I started bartending again on the side because I I started working from home while I was – I got this ski condo. I was working at a ski resort, Mm. like work at the bar, while working from home at Panera Bread. So I would be on a chairlift like – doing conference calls for Panera Bread. And then, and then I would, and I would like snowboard. You know what I mean? Then I would go work at the bar. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> that's it was like the best time of my life. Ever. Yeah. That's like dream job right there. <laughs> it, it was, it was a dream job. And then see, here, here's, here's where, where shit got weird because my numbers were the best in the company. I was the best in the country for a while, the entire country in my position. So, like, they didn't really question me for a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then they were like, nobody's really seen you for a while. And I was like, all right, well, well, what's what's the problem? Like, my numbers, you know what I mean? I ran a really tight ship. Sure. And then they were just like, um, well, y- you really need to, like, show up, like, more than just the, the uh, minimum. If that makes sense. Like, I showed up to all my meetings, dude. I was doing my fucking job. Right, right. And then they were just like, we need to see you more. And I was like, you know what? If that's the case, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I'll just bartend because I, I was bartending at the ski resort at the same time. I was making a shitload of money. Yeah. If you like count 
I was making, I had the six figure salary and I was bartending like four days a week. <laughs> it was fucking, it was fucking ridiculous. Oh, the bartending yeah. shift can take care of all your bills. You can, you can leave the six figure alone for a little while and, you know, develop yourself a really nice nest egg. It's something like that. That's kind of, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Dude. And since you snowboarded nice. technically to work, uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the whole no, I kayak to work. <laughs> The whole uh, overdoing it, uh, uh, you know, overworking yourself probably didn't hit you really that hard. Uh, um, to be honest, so, listen, I, I'm laughing about it and like bragging about it, but it, dude, I no, it was a lot actually. It was too much because uh, I got burnt the fuck out. Like it's, I wasn't doing nothing, man. I was busting my fucking ass, and I was still driving, you know, three hours in snowstorms this way and that way. Like it was. I wasn't doing nothing, mm. but like, they just didn't like the fact that I figured out the job so good that, <laughs> that I like figured out how to work from home when I had to. And actually it got to the point where my boss's boss, he liked my numbers so much that he promoted me and transferred me back to Boston, but I negotiated a $12,000 bonus. And they, they, I put that down as a down payment on a condo in Salem, Massachusetts. Mm. And then I lived, I lived in that condo. So like, I'm not stupid. Like mm. I'm kind of stupid, but like, I don't know. That was a, that was probably the smartest financial move I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Uh, I got burned seriously burned out cause I was working for, uh, the Oregon newspaper at the time and bartending two or three shifts a week, just, just for the extra cash at, cause I had the opportunity to do it. And then all of a sudden one year, I'm like, I sit back and I think to myself, I haven't had a day off in two years. I no. I mean, cause, all because there's this one girl says, hey, I really want to go out with you. When's your next day off? And I sit back and think about it, and it's in the middle of August, and I'm like, November. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I may be overdoing yeah. it just a little bit. How old are you now? 44. So how how old were you at that time? Uh, see, that was... Uh, I think I was like 30. No, I was like 27 at that time. Okay. Cause I like, all right. So I'm 35 now, mm. but like, you know, the stuff I was telling you before, man, I was working a stupid amount, including both jobs. Now, like, you know, if, if, if like a lady wants to hang out, I'm like, I kind of just want to sleep. <laughs> 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 like, like I, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the girl that was uh, asking me out, she was a cute girl. I really wanted to hang out with her, but she was asking, when's your next day off? And I'm like, November. And I got plans for that day. You know? <laughs> it's like your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, there, uh, there was a, you know, like you just said, we, uh, a lot of bartenders, servers work two jobs either to make ends meet or just for the extra cash. But every once in a while we all forget, you know, we got to take some time for ourselves and take a rest every now and then. And like Ferris Bueller said, life moves pretty fast. You got to stop and look around every once in a while (laughs) before you miss it. You'll miss out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Totally, man. Well, um, movie. Oh yeah. I, you know, I'll make movie. Uh, that's how I made, uh, made my living at the bars, uh, pop culture references, movies, music. So you're a movie guy. Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a music guy. You're a movie guy. 
all movies, music. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about all that stuff. I mean, uh, I'm, me and my cook would have arguments about uh, various things that happened in certain movies or not to the point where we were like, what's the true meaning behind the princess bride? No, we weren't, uh, we weren't like that, but, um, he and I had long arguments, uh, a lot about bands because he didn't believe that the Beatles were the best band of all time. Uh, I think his choice I was support like, support you on that one. Yeah. yeah uh, who'd he have? I, I'm trying to remember his choices. Um, maybe it was like the clash. Doesn't or something. matter. It was like, Doesn't the, yeah, Clash is great, but yeah. not even close to the best ever. I fucking love the Clash. The Clash is amazing. Yeah, but oh, yeah, uh, but, I mean, come out. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but he introduced. Wait, well, well, what's your what's your favorite movie ever, Anthony? Oh, that's that's a really tough one to. You had to pick one. All right, all right. Put it this way: forget favorite movie ever. I want to ask you, dude, if you were stuck on. Uh, you know, deserted island, mm-hmm. and you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life over and over. What would you choose? Oh, god, uh, that is a really, really tough question. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm a simple man, I'll go happy Gilmore all day. Really, happy Gilmore it makes me smile, it makes me laugh. I'm not a movie guy, like I said, yeah. but that is that movie makes me laugh so hard. Every time it just makes me smile, but that's me. I want to know yours though. I I think it would end up being Star Wars, the uh, Star Wars guy, Episode Four, A New Hope. But I only know it as Star Wars because that's the way I grew up. Um, but yeah, I uh, as uh, movies go, I you know I've watched Star Wars over and over all uh, all my life, and okay, uh, I'm. There are people who are a lot more detailed into Star Wars than I'll ever be, but right, right. Uh, oh, it's a whole world. Yeah, but I en- yeah. I enjoy the movies and a new a new hope or or episode four or whatever they're you know calling it. Uh, that was my first introduction into the Star Wars universe, and it was uh, a science fiction movie that didn't scare the living crap out of me because you had the aliens coming down destroying the earth and since this took place a war long time ago galaxy far far away it uh didn't scare me at all it was it was more interesting so all right tv series i would go breaking bad you know um i you know this may be blasphemy to everybody that's listening to this podcast but i've actually never watched breaking bad uh Dude, dude, oh my goodness! Uh, I've heard blasphemy. Yeah, I've heard. Come on, you have to. I've heard so many good things about it. I just never have. But oh uh, my god, dude, what are you waiting for? Uh, right now, my favorite TV show, uh, is probably House. Uh, please watch Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah, (laughs) please. Uh, you're you're missing out, man. It's the best. It's the best thing you'll ever see. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of TV shows, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get a bunch of emails for it. I but. don't even listen. Yeah. I don't watch stuff at all. Yeah. But one thing I will say is that you have to watch Breaking Bad. Mm. You have to. I mean, uh, no, you're not gonna. I could tell by your face. You're not gonna do it. Well, I'm. You know, you're not the first person to tell me to watch it, and I. You know, I. Have the inti- it's on the list. 
Well, put it at the top of that list, brother. Because, <laughs> like, my sister's like, you got to watch The Sopranos, you got to watch Game of Thrones, you got to watch... Uh, nah, Breaking uh, Bad's <laughs> number... Nope, number one. <laughs> you have to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I watch a lot of series, and it... Uh, and, you know, I go back to, like, Star Trek. I've watched all the, all the iterations of Star Trek. Um house for some reason i really got into the whole medical procedural thing uh it was a big show uh doctor who i i've been i binge watch that every once in a while uh the did you ever see the benedict cumberbatch version of sherlock i've never seen any version of sherlock oh uh ben uh the benedict cumberbatch I stuff yeah i watched breaking bad though yeah uh and happy humor it's about it <laughs> The Benedict Cumberbatch version of uh, Sherlock is uh, brings Sherlock into the modern times, but it's tasteful because uh, you know Sherlock originally takes place in Victorian England, but it's tasteful the way they brought it in. And Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman make the greatest Holmes and Watson ever. And you know, but I'll binge watch that that every now and then. Okay, yeah, let, let me get a piece of paper here. And Breaking Bad. You don't have to write it down. <laughs> Just Breaking Bad. You don't even have to write it down. Let me ask you, Anthony. What's your um? I want to hear like a bartending story from you. Like what uh, names? Like one that you haven't told on this podcast before. Do you have any? Uh, uh I've done 180 some odd episodes. Uh, so uh, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to flip the script here. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, let's have some fun with it. Um. Uh. Uh, let's see. What does it... worst like maybe like a customer who's just a fucking jerk or something like that. Well, I I had uh, customers who were jerks all the time. Some uh, my favorite stories though. Uh, there's uh, this one guy. He owned a salon in uh, in the next town over. Uh, you know, uh, spa, not a salon. And he thought he was top shit. Uh, you know, I've got money. I've got, you know, uh, I can get any woman I want. Just snapping my fingers. And just for laughs, uh, one night he, uh, he, come, he came into the bar and he's trying his hardest to uh, uh, talk a woman who, uh, uh, a lesbian woman to go home with him. He, that was just his conquest for the night. And I kept laughing because I knew it was never going to happen. She and I could Did see he it in her that face. She was a lesbian. Yes, yeah, it was his conquest. Oh, he, I, she's this a lesbian. Yes, yeah. oh, I already hate this guy. It's it's a disgusting story. <laughs> I but, already hate this guy so much. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but I I mentioned a little bit about this with Ashley that but uh, I was talking with another bartender who her bar closed before mine, so she would come over to my bar and visit me before going home. And, uh, at one point I was joking around holding up the water gun as if I was going to shoot it at people. And she's like, do it, go ahead, just, just shoot it. And so I stuck my thumb into it or in front of it to get some good pressure going and, she, you know, shot it into the bar and a little bit sprinkled onto this guy's white starch shirt. And, nice. uh, I, he comes over to me just spitting nails mad as hell you i should sue you you sh i should give you the dry cleaning bill and i went for what and he's you got my shirt wet and i said where because the shirt had dried by then and 
And he's like, sue you. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah. And he, he then he oh tried God. the uh, world famous uh, line. I know your manager. And uh, oh, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I know the owner. Yeah. Oh yeah. So do I. Yeah. Tell him I said hi. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, what I said. Oh, uh, oh, oh, you know the owner, right? And he says yes. And I said, then you know how much he hates name dropping. And that got him to shut up a little bit, but uh, oh my God. he eventually calmed down. But uh, I had to 86 him eventually because he became too much of a problem because he decided to uh, be a pain in the ass every, only to me whenever he came right. in just because he felt like I deserved it. Maybe I did. 86, that guy. Yeah. Well, when he walked behind my bar and started uh, poking at my whoa, chest, whoa, whoa. game over. He walked behind your bar? Yeah. Yo, ooh, oh, I would not be able to keep my cool. No, I tell uh, I tell everybody, I I was trained when I was a bartender, uh, before I was a bartender. Nope. Somebody walks ooh, behind your bar, you have the so right to kill them. for you right now. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. If somebody walks behind your bar, I've heard it's lawful for you to kill them. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, that you should. Maybe in Texas. <laughs> not in, definitely not in Massachusetts. <laughs> well, technically it's private property. Uh, technically it's private property, but I'm not saying anybody should try that. Don't please, you know, but jeez, dude. Oh man. Uh, the, the whole, when, when someone's like, Oh, I know the owner. Mm. I'm just like, you know, I, that, that used to work on me. Mm. Now I'm just like, yeah, so do I. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's actually, he's right back there right now. Do you want me to get him? Or if he's not there, I'm like, oh, tell him I said hi when you see him. Go fuck yourself, you <laughs> fucking asshole. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Because I know that my if there's one thing, I'm listen. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not some stellar bartender, dude. Mm. I'm definitely not a mixologist, but I'm very, very, very good at my job. And what I do know is when I when I'm there, man, I give it my fucking all i work so hard and i'm very fast but i'm also thorough i make every drink right i don't put out a plate unless you know what i mean like because i also have to food run i have to bust the tables like i like i'm i have to serve like i'm doing everything man yeah so i'm not perfect but i give it my all so fuck off if you don't like <laughs> me like I'm, I'm at the point where i'm just like dude like you have Nothing to, unless I'm absolutely slammed, maybe you could complain that the service is slow if we're understaffed and I just can't get, like if I have, sometimes I'll have seven tables and we're doing all the service drinks and I'm answering the fucking phone. Like that's a lot, mm. but I'm giving it my all. Mm. So like, if you want to talk the, to the owner, be my fucking guest, yeah. please do. <laughs> and uh, tell him I said, hello, <laughs> like, fuck no. off. Now this kind of I mean? this kind of campaign that I'm uh, I've kind of started. If you uh, look at my Instagram page, uh, I've taken over a specific hashtag. Now I want to see your reaction to the phrase. Why don't you get a real job? <laughs> why don't you get a real job? Okay, <laughs> so I'm glad you said. So why don't you get a real job? So do you do you know how often I get the question? From people, the like, because I'll be talking to people who are at the bar, and they'll be like, "So, is this like all you do? Mm. Like, or, or like, what else yeah. do you do? Yeah, same <laughs> thing. Like, because because I'm 35, dude. You know what I mean? Most most of the other people that work there, they're like college kids or 
yeah, they're. I'm one of the older people. I, I bring the age average up. I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm fucking old. And I bartend. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Mm. But, like, I mean, I could blame it on the pandemic. I could blame it on the fact that, you know, I was traveling before and I want to travel again. I could blame it on the fact that I was touring with bands and I can, I would continue to tour with bands after everything ends. But at the end of the day, if I didn't have those things, I might still be bartending. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I would still be proud of that. So fuck off. I make, I make good fucking money, dude. Yeah. It is a real job. And I I kayak to work. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) How many people can say they kayak to work? (laughs) No, I'm with you. No, I'm with you on that because I, I get asked that a few times a week. So like, what else? Is this all you do? That's the one that gets, so like, is this it? Mm-hmm. Just like, ah, what, cause the, how old are you? 35. Oh, so like, is this all you do? Like, fuck you. I own two condos and I've worked really hard. I worked in the corporate world and, and I can't even, other people might not have those things or have done those things. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, you get me fired up. Here, <laughs> I see it. I, <laughs> I was, I was kind of aiming for that. Sorry about that. No, I, I appreciate it. I respect it. Okay. So, um, tell me about your podcast two weeks notice. Yeah, man. So it's called the two week notice or podcast. two week a lot notice. Of people, no, that's okay. Honestly, a lot of people think it's two weeks notice. Maybe I fucked up when I named it. That's okay. It's called <laughs> two week notice podcast. And to be honest, it started as a travel log. So I, I've referred to the time I went to Europe uh, before. That's when it started. Uh, I took a solo trip. I took a boat from New York City to Rome, Italy. And it was a one way trip. And I didn't know if I was going to be in Europe for maybe a month. Well, that turned into four months. At that time, I started a travel log. So I would just talk about my day and talk about where I was. I hit almost 30 countries. And that's really how the podcast started. I was just trying to keep in touch with my friends and family. Like I said, I came back from Europe and I was enjoying doing the podcast so much. I was like, I should keep doing this and find a way to keep guests right uh, like just get guests on here like like not just me rambling about being in europe mm-hmm. and i was like what's related to quitting my job my first pick was actually final written warning i thought that was kind of a cool name i wanted it to be like work related like quitting your job related mm-hmm. final written warning was taken so i went with two week notice boom there you have it and then i went on tour with piebald and the legendary dashboard confessional and, and the pandemic hit. So it turned into, now I'm interviewing all these musicians. Uh, I've interviewed most recently, um, Eddie from taking back Sunday, Tucker from the band Thursday, all the guys from Piebald. Um, I just interviewed Chris from the band less than Jake. Uh, just like a lot of these, like in the emo ska punk world, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's my wheelhouse. Um, but I've also interviewed comedians. Like I interviewed this guy, Joe Bartnick, who is like Bill Burr's best friend. Um, and so I'm just, uh, I just interviewed this dude who I went to high school with. He went to the NBA. He was a, he played for a couple of different teams mm. in the Na- National Basketball Association. So, um, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just 
going with the flow, man. And I look <laughs> forward to the day when I can travel again and tour with bands again. Yeah. Um, in your uh, Instagram page, it says uh, your cowbell player, hype man. So did you just, uh, you mentioned that you're like a big fan that just all of a sudden they just brought up on stage and put to work basically. Yeah, pretty much dude. I was there. I was the band piebald. I was their biggest fan. And then one day I showed up in Los Angeles with a cowbell and a 12 pack of PBRs at their sound check. <laughs> and they made me try out and they're like, you're fucking hired. You're awesome. <laughs> and then that turned into me selling their merch. And then that turned into me being their tour manager. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The picture of you holding the cowbell high and proud in your profile picture is, is epic. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and I'm very grateful for that. So for the uh, best dudes ever. Um, so two week notice, you've been able to. Uh, are you do you you stay around the emo and well ska bands like you were saying? Uh, are the do you meet how how do you meet these people? Do you uh, know them through channels or have you that's met them personally? Question. So some of them I've met like you know like all right. So the band Pieballs has been around since 1994. So I am very lucky and grateful for the fact that they happen to be from Andover, Massachusetts, which is just a few towns over from Lynn, where I'm from. And I've been a fan of them since, I mean, they were in, they started their band when I was in like fucking third grade. Do you know what I mean? But they were in high school and they're all best friends. They're still best friends and they just stayed a band. Mm-hmm. But the, but uh, me being near and dear to their hometown, I've seen them so many times. So I, they got used to me just being at all their shows, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that has led to me, like, we've done some big festivals like Riot Fest in Chicago and Boston Calling, um, the Fest in Florida, and some other really, really cool. So I've. A lot of these people I have met, like when I, I got Chris Caraba on my podcast and that was because I had his phone number and like we were homies because we toured together. Mm -hmm. But um, some of these people are friends of friends of Piebald and I'll just hit them up. I'll just send them a message and be like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I tour with Piebald. Is it like I got this podcast? Is it cool if we talk on the podcast? Are you down? And oftentimes they say yes. Here's the way I see it, man. If they don't answer or they say no, that's okay. Yeah. I move on. Right. But it's kind of it's kind of like cold calling back in the day. I got nothing to lose, man. Right. So a lot of I've been very lucky. A lot of them have said yes. The piebald thing helps very much so because they're very well respected. With they're like kind of like a band's band. Mm. You know what I mean? Um. And and some people who don't know piebald at all, and I just I'll just send a message, and they they respond and I'm like, fuck yeah. So it's kind of been snowballing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, no, it's what it was. I lost the question. <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, we're coming up on, uh, towards the end of the show anyway. Um, why don't you tell everybody, uh, where they can, uh, where they can find you, contact you, where they can down, uh, download your podcast. Give them your information. Yeah, man. So uh, the two-week notice podcast, you can find 
on pretty much any platform, most notably Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So if you type in two-week notice podcast, there's no S, two-week notice podcast, right? You type that in, and it's the one with the peace sign. You can see it right behind me there, Anthony. It's got a peace sign. It says two-week notice podcast. It's got all the musicians. So you can find me there. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Dana Fuggin B. That's D A N A F U G G E N B. Dana Fuggin B. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, taking a little bit of time out, and being on the show. You're welcome to come back anytime you feel like it, dude. Thank you, Anthony, for having me. This has been an honor and a pleasure. You're really cool to talk to, man. I appreciate it. You're an awesome guy. Yeah, uh, it was really fun talking about music. And, uh, we got a couple bartending stories in there, so that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to come on and talk anytime. Thanks, buddy. All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar and get what you want because there are no waitresses out there. I, and I can't move from this spot. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm stuck. Want to give one more thanks to Dana Bowen for being on the show, sharing some bartending stories and talking a little bit about music with me. Actually, probably it was a little bit more than a little. But remember to go check out his two-week notice podcast. It's available on iTunes. It's also available on Spotify or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. Probably a lot like Hey Bartender Podcast. We're available everywhere. Uh, I also want to thank Piebald for letting me use their song, American Hearts. Remember, if you want to go check them out, they are available on iTunes. They are available on Spotify. They have their own website, www.piebald.com. Go check them out. Follow them on social media. They're a really good band. And you know what? I should actually talk to Dana because I don't remember hearing any cowbell in that song that we heard. So I guess he wasn't part of that recording. Remember, uh, visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com to go check out some Hey Bartender Podcast swag. I got t-shirts. I got challenge coins. You know, just go check it out. It's uh, You might find something you like. You can also follow us on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, both of them, Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm also on TikTok, but you won't catch me do any of the dances. Well, there is one video of me uh, pretending I'm lip syncing with Shania Twain, because if Shania Twain asks you to duet something with her, you do it. But, uh, you know, you'll find out when the new podcasts come out, and uh, every once in a while, I might do something a little goofy, but it's, you know, probably few and far between. But you got something to look forward to if it does happen. And I thank you guys, the listeners. You guys uh, keep my self-esteem high and uh, make me want to continue to do Hey Bar Pretender podcast because uh, just seeing those numbers, yes, it has become an obsession to see how many people are listening to each episode. But, you know, I, I don't have the thousands upon thousands of listeners that uh, uh, some of the other podcasts have. But the numbers that I do see on there, I greatly appreciate every single one of you. And, you know, if you have any questions, if you have something to say, if you want to be on the show, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to uh, hear what you have to say uh, and, you know, just uh, interact with you guys a little bit more. That'd be a lot of fun for me. And remember to share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Get on iTunes, give me a review. Five stars would make me really happy. And leave a comment. Tell me what you think about the show. Uh, It would be great to hear from every single one of you guys all over the world. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, the bar is closed. 
I just want to wish you all, as usual, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got...